This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host. Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to call into the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because mostly everybody on my show remains anonymous. I change everyone's voices. I change everyone's names. People email me from fake numbers, call me, I mean, email me from fake emails, call me from fake numbers. I just want to hear your true story. So if you have a true interesting story or, and or fetish, because this is Fetish Fridays that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, you could be on the show. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast.gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Uh, I have a confessions hotline. If you just have a short confession that you want to get off your back, you could call that number 24-7. You have four minutes to leave a message. If you need longer, you could call back. I changed the, oh, the number is 
3579. That's 347-420-3579. I change the voices on all of my confessions and they're all aired on my Patreon. Now my Patreon is super great. I have uh, three different tiers. I have two fetish tiers that are dedicated to guys who are into pantyhose and guys who are into crossdressers. Then I have my $5 tier, which is uh, where you get to see anonymous pics of all of my female guests. You want to put a hot body pic to uh, uh episode, including this one. They're over there. There's hundreds of pics of hundreds of my guests. There's also all the anonymous confessions are over there, as well as access to my Discord where people get super naughty. Discord or is where everyone posts their X-rated stuff. I, pe- I post the R-rated pics on uh, Patreon. Discord is for just my community it's a private discord but you do get access to it and like i said people get naughty over there you could get naughty over there uh, you have to sign up though to get access and you get all of that for only five dollars a month i just keep adding things and i don't raise the prices but i'm gonna soon so fucking sign up now okay <laughs> but uh, she did the rachel my caller today did submit pics you could see them over at patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast now listen uh the links to everything and all the information that i just gave you it will be over on uh in the description so don't worry about it if you're driving now listen today i'm talking to rachel and this is such a fucking interesting episode she really is a unicorn i said it to her on the episode because she's a girl with a real serious like fetish kink it's called amo for short amarashi it's not just a pee fetish. It's the urging and the holding it in and then the releasing of the pee that she is into. And when you hear her fucking story about where it comes from, you'll be like, holy shit, of course. I mean, this girl knows where it comes from. She has a specific memory of something that happened to her that she experienced and she could tie it back to that. It makes total sense. It's very powerful when you hear that. This is why I love to have these conversations. I think you need to hear the whole story. She is a girl. She's young. She's only in her 20s, but I give her fucking credit. She has been honest about her fetish, this kink to all of her partners. She's bisexual. So she's been with both men and women. It's interesting. I asked her like, how is the different, like how have men reacted to this fetish when you told them compared to women? She explains, okay. She uh, talks specifically about the physical and psychological feelings that need to be in place for her to get off. Like they're very specific what she needs. Besides feeling it physically herself, she also enjoys seeing people having or wanting to pee in the urge and then peeing, but only women. She talks about why and how that is set up like I should she talks about the physical feelings as well as the psychological feelings that are in place and happening when she's super turned on she talks about how powerful this is how it does rule her life how like any other person with a fetish she tries to purge it and stop and she hates it and then then she can't fucking stop and she's totally all in she is in a long-term relationship she's been with a guy for seven years now this guy knows about it he's okay with it but he's not into it and that is not cool with her she's had a couple times where they've tried but the fact that he's not into it doesn't work for her she does fluctuate back and forth with should I stay with this guy because he's not into it or should I not she does get herself off by secretly going online and engaging with other men 
in these places where she has found other people who are into this exact thing. We do talk about how she could try to make her relationship with her guy better and bring her fetish and kink into it and what she could do, what he could do. She does talk about other kinks that she's into. This is not a vanilla girl. She's into girls. Her guy lets her go be with other girls. She was into sex parties and hardcore BDSM and group sex. She has been open and honest with about those things with her guy, but he's not into those things as well. So we end the conversation really talking about how she's going to proceed forward. Will she stay with this guy? Will she not? What's what's her life going to look like? I mean, listen, her life looks fucking great for a 25-year-old. This is a bitch that is been honest about her fetish I think it's hard to be honest about something like this because it's so specific and it's not very common she has found a a big like she has found support online we talk a lot about that and she gives out specific uh, places where she finds like-minded people which I think is a big part of it but like I said I think she's doing great she's only 25 she doesn't have the rest of her life figured out but nobody does at 25 but she's been able to be honest about this she's in a relationship with someone who knows about it um, but will she stay with that guy forever what's in her future i don't know we talk all about it this episode is fucking great uh you're gonna love rachel so i'm gonna be right back on with her this is the strictly anonymous podcast oh hi rachel welcome to the strictly anonymous podcast how are you today I'm great. How are you? I'm really great because I feel like I am talking to an effing unicorn. Okay. That's what you are. You're not a unicorn that sleeps with couples. Okay. You're a unicorn in the fact that you are a girl that's got like a fetish, a kink, a hardcore one too, which I love because I always kind of ponder the question, do women have fetishes? Look at my fetish Fridays. It's filled with with guys with fetishes, right? And in comes Rachel, like a gift, okay? In all my years being on the show, (laughs) I've never talked to a girl with this kind of fetish. I've never even had this kind of fetish on with a guy, right? And it's called, is Amarashi the correct way of pronouncing it? I think it's Omarashi, but it's pronunciations vary. Normally people call it just Omo as a shorthand, like O-M-O. Oh, that's it. Oh, Oma. Okay. But really what it is, is you first said P desperation or wedding, right? Like, why don't you first explain what this is? And then we're going to get the whole story. Right. So it's called Omo. It's basically being turned on by either having a full bladder, having to pee. So whether it's yourself or watching someone else have to pee and the things that go along with that or seeing uh, someone else wetting themselves or wetting yourself. So it's kind of like within the kink, there's, or within the fetish kink, whatever, it's kind of a spectrum of what people are interested in, but that's basically uh, what it's centered around. Interesting. Now, let me just say that you're 25 years old, right? How does Rachel find out that she is into this? Like, how did you figure this out? Like, when did you start to realize that this was something that you were into? And how did it sort of like, uh, show itself in your life? Yeah, I think it's honestly something that I've always been into. I can't really remember a time when I was not into it. Mm -hmm. I've kind of gone back for because I'm always interested in knowing, like, why why am I like this? Like, what's happening? Yeah. So I kind of went back through my childhood and just, like, how did I, how could this happen? And one of the major things that came to me was when I was, like, 
my first memory ever, like in my entire life, probably like literally forming memories, had this procedure done called a VCUG. It's it stands for voiding cystourethography or something like that. And it's basically they put like a catheter in you. They fill you with like contrast material on this kind of like table and then they look at your bladder with using like a x-ray and then on the table you have to like pee in front of them and like in front of everyone like all the doctors your parents everything um and that was like my first memory and it was like i think it just created this link for me of this emotionally salient thing because it's embarrassing it's shameful but it's also you have to go so it feels good to to release it but I think because it was that and because it was so associated with the genital area I think my brain just processed that as okay let's put this in a package and link it forever (laughs) one thousand percent that's really powerful stuff because listen that's not something that most people go through, right? I've never heard of it. The majority of people aren't going to have it. It's not a common thing to go through when you're younger. But And the things to me that you remember when you're little that stand out, those little memories, you don't remember every day, but the things that stand out and you remember your whole life, those were the really powerful things. That's why you remember them. So it just makes so much sense exactly what you just said, why that would all link together. Because it is attached to your genitals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even with that procedure, it's not it's not super common and it's still it's still performed today, but there are groups trying to go against it and find alternatives because of the way that other people had undergone it, experienced symptoms similar to sexual abuse and things like that. Uh, it's just there's a lot going on when you put a child in that situation. And for me, this is kind of like where I think it might have led to but for other people it can lead to other like traumatic responses and things like that so yeah you have Mm -hmm. to say you're lucky right that you kind of turned it into a turn-on as opposed to probably a lot of people it's a big major block that's what you're talking about with these other people I could just imagine all the different things that could happen yeah exactly I think it can go either way with a very emotional or traumatic experience where either you don't want anything to do with it and you're scared of it or with me where I'm kind of like fixated and hyper-focused on it yeah, for you go you all know, in. my sexuality for my life. So yeah, where you and you act out, right? So now when was your first memory where it starts to be connected and become like a turn on? I remember a few years after that, when I was like getting into kind of my preteens almost, I went to this water park, theme park, type of place and there was a lot of water like getting splashed on us all day and at some points I was like I have to pee but I don't really feel like going to the bathroom and so I just would let it go there and that was like very um exciting and fun to me like that whole day and so I think I was like well why don't I just do this more if I have the opportunity um yeah And what was that act? So the act was like holding it in and then releasing it, both of those things together? Yeah, and just doing it, like just sitting, you know, watching a water show or just, you know, eating food and just like being able to let go whenever I wanted and 
play with it instead of using the actual toilet for it. Oh, and what about was a part of it because you were at that place and there was a lot of people around? Was that also a part of it? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Part of it was just that no one really knew because Mm -hmm. like we were all covered in water anyway. So kind of kind of blended in. But yeah, just that idea of being able to engage in it, whether or not there's people around and being able to let go. Wow. So now how then do you take that out of the water park into your regular life? Because it's one thing to do it at a water park. You're in the water. It's pretty easy. It's not so messy. Do you know what I mean? It becomes, yeah. a, there's a lot of things we got to talk about it because I'm sure it's impacted <laughs> your life in so many different ways. Because how do you have, if you have this kink and it, you are wired that way and this is how you get turned on, how do you get off without causing a mess? I mean, it's, not, it's hard, right? I would assume. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like very complicated sometimes to just just the cleanup alone in certain situations. It's kind of like a burden, especially after you've already like orgasm and everything, and you're like, okay, now I have to <laughs> deal with this. But I did um, connect it. So after that situation with the water park and stuff, and I started getting into more sex and things like that, I discovered these ideas of squirting which technically isn't pee but it's similar in that it would make the bed or whatever fabric wet and so whenever I would try those initial experiences I'd kind of try to integrate either like squirting or pee or something like that and integrate that feeling of letting go and just physically it felt nice whether as I wasn't at the water park at that point but just in real life to go from having to go really badly and then just letting go so yeah it kind of developed that way right so it really is specific in that it's not a p fetish because I'm sure that Mm -hmm. exists this is like when you say p desperation it's a it's it's holding it in and feeling like you really have to. And then it's the release that really is the end all be all right. But that that's the whole, it has to be all of that, right? Each time the holding it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a physical level, like I don't like uh, peeing on people or being peed on. Like, I right. mean, it's fine, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't really do much for me, uh-huh. weirdly enough. Um, but it's that physical sensation. I mean, it's even like, I I think most people have had a moment where they really have to go and they finally get to a bathroom and it's okay, I feel better now because I was feeling pretty bad before (laughs) or having wanting to orgasm and finally you do it and it it feels good. So it's kind of that like build up and build up of tension and then finally getting to let go of that tension is like a physically enjoyable feeling. And then it comes a lot with a lot of psychological feelings as well that I enjoy. And what are those? So, yeah, I would say psychologically, I like the idea of my body sort of betraying me. And I think this is kind of similar to a forced orgasm or something like that, where I am just an anxious person in my everyday life. And I have like incredible control over my body and myself and how I act and what I say. And it's always very curated but to have kind of this moment where I genuinely cannot help what my body does or how it's responding it feels good to have even just a moment of feeling like I can't 
I can't help this at all. It's just whatever's happening is happening and I'm accepting it. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. So it's kind of a relaxing thing at that point. Yeah, that makes sense because it's a release because it's the antithesis of that sort of defensive mode that you're in normally, right? That's why it's the same reason why a lot of CEOs or high power people that are really dominant in their life go and dress up in panties and get beaten in dungeons. It's that it's that release of that burden that they're holding on to at all times in their normal lives, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so now when you're home, I mean, how freaked out are you when you're younger? Because I wouldn't assume that you were able to put this all together when you were younger. Or did were you able to put that together? I mean, were you like, what the fuck is going on with me? Well, I think I I was on the Internet pretty early. So I kind of just was Googling things like this at a young age and kind of finding out that I wasn't the only one there is communities with stories and people talking about this. So I've never felt like, I I know that it's kind of rare, but I never felt that there was something super wrong or that it was impossible for someone like me to exist. Yeah. And isn't that great? I mean, listen, a lot of people look at things like the internet as such a terrible thing because it takes us away from our time and all these things, but there's so many benefits to it and positives, right? Like people like you, like you're you're younger, you can't imagine a time where you didn't have that kind of information. But I lived in a day where you'd have to find an encyclopedia to get information. That was Mm -hmm. all that you could. And I think a lot of people were tormented, especially people that had a a fetish that wasn't uh, the norm. People felt very alone. And I think that's one of the great things about the Internet is that you can find other people like you. That's like a huge relief for sure. And like you said, even though it's not the majority, there's the people, there's other people and thousands of them so you don't feel so alone I think that that's great I forget that because I'm so old yeah I think there there's a lot of negatives that being on the internet has led to but Mm -hmm. that is one of the positives is that in terms of loneliness with this specifically I I haven't felt that so yeah that's great and what kinds (laughs) of communities are there out there what kinds of stories did you hear were there ones that were very similar to yours Well, most of the stories were, I remember this website called Experience Project, which I don't know if that's niche or not, but I was on that and people would post about, oh, I I enjoy peeing myself. Here's where I did it 
this week or whatever. Yeah. Or here's a situation that I encountered where someone else really had to pee and it was hot. But now I would say most of the stuff that I find is on Twitter. There's there's videos and stuff. And on Reddit, people post about it. There's also a big site. I think it's called like omarashi.org that people post their experiences and things like that. So there are communities out there. That, that help and those are the ones that you found that made you feel not alone. So now when you, yeah. you figure this out way before you start dating, right? And uh, what happens though when you do start dating? It actually wasn't as much of a problem when I started dating as it is now kind of because at first I was just kind of, I, I felt really normal about it or not normal about it, but I didn't realize, okay, it's it's rare and it's really rare and maybe the average person would not be into it so when i was dating guys specifically because i'm bisexual so i have dated girls too but when i was younger i dated guys and they would basically do anything as long as <laughs> i was willing to hook up with them after oh, yeah. so they're like okay well you want to you want to pee okay that's fine but can Just we like me. have sex after i'm like yeah that's that's good. As long as um, I get to so, go in that hole, I don't care what happens before and after. <laughs> exactly. So that was kind of nice. They were kind of open with it. <laughs> it worked out that way. What about the girls? What was the difference between telling women that you have that kind of a thing and telling men? It's definitely way different, especially since part of it for me is seeing another woman having to go as well and mm-hmm. holding it. And so I think because of the physical demand of that or kind of uh, wanting to ask them to do something, I think it puts more responsibility on them. So it's harder to tell them. They're also, as you're saying, kind of less less apt to have these kinks or fetishes yeah, 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 <laughs> that yeah, are yeah. so specific. And so they're kind of just, oh, that's weird. And I've definitely been judged or have this rejected by women more unfortunately yeah that's interesting now and so that fantasy of yours or that the part of the turn on besides it happening to you you also like you said in the beginning you like to see the person but that person needs to be a woman right is that a projection of you maybe that's why it's just women and not men as well yeah exactly either i'd prefer to see it and that's like the any videos or content i consume is centered on women or I would like to do it along with her and have it be an activity we do together. Right. But I don't really enjoy, I mean, it's, it's fine if men do it, but, and if they do it along with me, that's fine too, but it's not my main, what I like to look at and enjoy the most. And so now, uh, first of all, before we get to like your dating, because you just said it gets like harder, right, as you get older, because you're 25 now. But when you were younger and doing all this stuff, like and probably jerking off in your room like everybody else does behind their parents' backs, <laughs> did you right. ever get caught with anything? Because I mean, urine is very hard to clean up. I had a lesbian friend of mine who I worked with, and she had a lesbian couple friend of hers that were into peeing, and she said that they had mm-hmm. a big problem in their apartment because the whole fucking place stunk. So did you ever have any problems or get caught doing what you were doing? Yeah, so I wouldn't say I got caught because I don't think 
I think with this, it's it's hard for people to connect the dots. Like they assume that any sort of like peeing, especially if it's in fabric on the bed, would be an accident. And who would do this on you're purpose? Right. You know? Yeah, you're right. So yeah. if it in my family, I would use certain pants sometimes and like wa- try to wash them and hide them and things like that. The biggest time when I would say I, I got caught was one time I was just being reckless or you're young and let me just try something <laughs> yeah. I was like let me see what happens if I just wet the bed right now and I did and then I was like oh no I think I ruined the mattress mm-hmm. so I kind of just told my parents and they were they didn't really say much about it there's okay we'll help you get the stains out and stuff like that so it wasn't a big deal but I was I think in my mid-teens at that time so it's kind of like that's not normal for for that to happen so late in life and with no lead up or anything like that right it wasn't like you're a bed wetter and you were doing it always that they would just think that this is an issue you had it really came out of nowhere but they just they didn't really say anything though so you never really did get quote-unquote caught (laughs) and you're right yeah they didn't go into detail and you're right a lot most parents would miss it I think I'm the only parent that wouldn't because I talk to all you people you know what I mean so I know (laughs) I might think twice I always make jokes about how like a lot of times I'm watching tv shows I was watching like 90 day fiance once and this girl found (laughs) some bras in her guy's drawer and she was like oh my god you're fucking cheating on me and I'm like what she doesn't know is he might be wearing those bras but I only know that because of doing my show not one other girl would ever think that if they don't listen to my podcast you know what I mean like you don't (laughs) realize there's this whole other world with all these kinks and stuff because they are very specific and they are not the norm I mean this is why I have my fetish Fridays though when I keep them because I think it is important to get this information information out there when talk about it because it's super interesting and I think it people should know I think it's always interesting for me to hear the stories of tying it back because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think oh there's some there's a girl that's like into fucking peeing and holding it in that's gross or weird or whatever but if they heard what you went through would they ever say that or think that their minds would be changed it's there it comes from someplace you know you have to feel for you actually to me that's what I think getting the whole story makes people realize that before you fucking judge hear the whole story because like I feel for you when I hear that story of when you're little you know because that was put on you and that's a burden because like you said it gets harder I mean it could rule your fucking life and it's not an easy thing to put on the table and I'm sure you're like anybody else you want all the stuff that everybody wants in their life but most people don't have to meet a guy or a girl that they want to partner up with and put this like thing on the table that's hard to do Exactly. Especially since it does, at this point, I would say turn me on more than actual sex. I mean, I like (laughs) sex, but it like, for some reason, just the physiological response is so much stronger that even being in a normal relationship and having everything else fulfilled and having a fulfilling sex life otherwise, it doesn't scratch that kind of ultimate itch that I have never been able to forget about or get rid of. Yeah, because you wired yourself that way. How would regular sex ever match up to that? Because it is such an intense thing and it comes from intense emotions. So it, I mean, I would be, I would have been very surprised if you would have said that regular sex was better. When that's the problem with a lot of fetishes, a lot of the guys that like to wear 
pantyhose or cross dress or whatever it is that they're really into. I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's the top of the mountain for them, you know, and that becomes mm-hmm. a, a problem in their marriages and their relationships. Now, I know you said that it did get harder when you got older. What started to happen? I think more and more it's harder because you're trying to align your values and your life paths and things like that. And I've had a boyfriend now for like almost seven years and he's just not really interested in it at all. So I would say that's the biggest problem is having someone who aligns on so much else, but is kind of just not interested in that kind of top of the mountain thing and trying to figure out how to work through that without just leaving the relationship or anything like that. Walk me through how you told your boyfriend. Were you? I, I'm assuming you were always just straight up honest with people. It sounds like it. Yeah, I usually try to tell someone, not like within the first week or something, but, yeah. you know, a couple months in before it gets super serious with him, I kind of hinted at it and said, oh, I have some weirder stuff that I'm into, I guess, but, and kind of explained to him, here's why psychologically it works for me. And just aesthetically, I like wet fabric and things like that. And he kind of didn't really get it. He's okay. Well, I don't judge you for that, but I don't really feel anything toward that Mm -hmm. because the average person doesn't feel anything toward it or feels disgust. But generally he was like, that's fine. But he wasn't really sure do you want me to t- help you say don't don't pee or have you drink water? What is the protocol? And at that point, I was kind of like, no, I'm just fine participating on my own and keeping it separate from a, from the relationship. Yeah. And yeah, most of the time, I don't engage in it with him because the main turn on with me with having someone else involved is someone else being into it and wanting to see it and accepting that moment that I have of relaxation and release and vulnerability. But to do it in front of someone who doesn't care or maybe discuss it, it just kind of makes me feel less relaxed. It just adds more anxiety and there's nothing, no gain from it. Right. So in for seven years, right from the get go, you brought it up. He was like, I'm not down, but like, how can I help you with this? And you just shut it down and said, don't worry, I'll just take care of it for myself. So for seven years, you've been with this guy and you've been like in the other room getting off. I mean, how has it worked for seven years? Because that's like a long time to have those two things that are inside of you separate. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is I do what most people do in relationships is watch the porn in the other room or yeah. when they're asleep or whatever. Yeah. Um, but of course, with stuff like this, it can take a lot of time and energy. And for years, especially when I was in college, I couldn't really engage in it anyway, because I would have roommates and how do you get five hours alone for yourself to drink water and let it build up and then go and do laundry. It's, it's all this, it's a process. So I kind of just kept it only to like watching and thinking about it. But then once we kind of moved out of that phase of life, now most of what I do is if he's not home or if he's out of town or something, I'll do it. 
and he knows he'll see my pants hanging up from when I wash them and he doesn't really ask questions. He kind of just doesn't pay any attention to it. And most of the time when I engage, if I do engage in like having someone else help me control the hold or kind of be in a dom situation, it's just online through texting or something like that. So it doesn't really interfere with uh, Your relationship. our regular life. Yeah. Does he know about that kind of stuff? Does he ever bring it up or has it never been really discussed since that time? Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. He he knows, I mean, we've only brought it up, I've only brought it up two or three other times, and one of the times we brought it up, we tried it, like he tried to help control it, and by encouraging me to drink water or not go yeah, to yeah. the bathroom, but mm-hmm. besides that, it didn't really, I don't know, it just didn't give me that same positive feeling, and so I haven't really brought it up again, and anything that I do online is kind of something that I keep more of a secret from him, and just, yeah, that it doesn't intersect too much, so. But let me ask you this. Is that okay with you, or do you feel like that might not work for you for the rest of your life? Like, how do you feel about uh, that in in this relationship and the way that it's set up? Yeah, for a while, I kind of felt okay with it because with this, there's I feel like there's kind of a binge and purge cycle that I go through. Sometimes I'm like, this is an essential mm-hmm. part of my life mm-hmm. and I cannot do without it. And I need to end my relationship and have my entire life <laughs> focused on this. And then other times I'm like, I can't believe that this is what I like. I should not engage in it. I should go cold turkey and just cut it out completely so for a while for a few years I was kind of in that purging phase where I just didn't want anything to do with it but now I'm kind of coming back to a point where I think there needs to be some changes at some point in my life to how I deal with it because it's not going away and so I have been talking more recently with my boyfriend about how he could get involved more or things like that. But again, it's, it's kind of at an impasse because if he doesn't enjoy it and I don't enjoy it when he doesn't enjoy it, then it's kind of (laughs) stuck. Right. What does it do now? Listen, I've heard of people. I've, I have a lot of guys, I call them hosers that are into wearing pantyhose. Right. And I, I talk Mm -hmm. to them a lot and I've talked to some women 
who have grown to not only accept their guy's pantyhose fetish, but get into it. And it took time, but over time, their feelings about it changed. They started to get turned on by it too. And if you would have asked them in the beginning, like they just didn't feel that way. So just always know that with your guy, the, you know, those conversations that you have and those times that you try, you got to keep doing that and give it some time. Oh, and sometimes well, I say some time, not like three times and okay, he's never going to get into it. So maybe I need to leave <laughs> yeah. him. You know what I mean? But like a, a year, two years, but you have to continue to work on it with him if it's important. Do you guys have a good relationship, everything else other than that? Yeah, I would say everything else is like very good and ideal. Right. And listen, the fact that he was open from the get go, the fact that he's listen, I'm not into it, but I'll try it for you is a great place to start. This is not a guy that's like no fucking way. I mean, he's open. He's tried it. And I get why you sometimes when it doesn't kind of work, you're like immediately like forget about it, because I think it could feel on a very deep level like being rejected for who you are, because it is a big part of who you are. But I think if you allow yourself to be a little uncomfortable because it's probably uncomfortable for him and you allow that to happen more often and even though he doesn't like it, you just kind of continue to work with him and try to figure it out. You don't know what happens down the line. I think you have to practice more with him, especially because you do have a good relationship, especially because he's kind of open to it. He could change his mind. You never fucking know. I told you I I heard it. No, seriously. I think that sometimes it's I'm this way. I'm very black and white. When I think a lot of times when people have fetishes, it is a very black and white thing. Like you said, you're either like totally in it and furiously doing it and getting off on it or you're trying to purge it out of you and be like denying it but what you resist persists right and then you go back and you're the other way it's two Mm -hmm. you're on either end of the spectrum right (laughs) yeah Um, yeah I think it's hard to kind of think like maybe there's more wiggle room than I think because yeah yeah, as you said it is it is vulnerable to be honestly it, it feels very vulnerable me to be actively enjoying something even just outside of sex even showing happiness and enthusiasm can be hard for me so oh really the to be showing this like thing that really gets me going and to see someone else who maybe is not on that same level at the same time it makes me uncomfortable and I kind of just retreat but yeah you you shut it down yeah practicing it over time might might ease it might allow us to ease into it more. Yeah. Now, listen, it could make him come a little bit more towards your side where maybe he'll never fully be into it, but maybe he's kind of. And then eventually, I think if you don't totally shut it down and you get more comfortable with feeling slightly uncomfortable, you might be able to get to a place where you could just be kind of in the fantasy of the fact that he's enjoying it. You know what I mean? Instead of having right. him to be because he's willing to participate. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's I, a big thing. Yeah. And I get why, like I said, I get why you shut it down and you're like, give up really quickly because I think it is uncomfortable and it is 
like I said, on a very deep level, you probably feel rejected and who wants to feel that? But I do think if you allow yourself to feel that this guy's not going anywhere, he knows what you got. This is a great place to start with him is if you just keep that conversation going and you keep trying to do things and you keep trying, not trying, but keep putting that in your relationship with him and seeing if he could move a little bit towards the middle. And then, like I said, you move to the middle and your middle is that, okay, you don't need him to fucking like it. You could pretend that he does. We all have fantasies. We're all like making shit up when we're horny. You know what I mean? You could do that. I think you can't do that now because you immediately shut it off. You in, in your perfect world, the guy fucking loves it. And listen, there are probably guys out there that you can. But right now, if you're happy with this guy and this is the guy you want to be with and everything else is great, why not see if you, you could both get to that place? Because he's he's willing Right. Right? Yeah, I agree. He doesn't put you down, right? No, no, he doesn't do any of that. It's just <laughs> it's just my own stuff sometimes and it's it's weird because it has me kind of swaying the other way sometimes where I will go online and engage in these things with these guys who are really into it, but in other ways we're not compatible or whatever. In other ways I'm not happy with those situations all the time but it's kind of like a journey to bring those two halves of me together and integrate them (laughs) into my relationship right but listen it's not like you have zero of that part of you in this relationship you're not living a, a secret life I mean this guy does no you have dipped your foot in that water with him you are close to it and I think you need to give it more time and more chance I think seven years is a long time to keep it shut down and to not try especially with a guy who's like I'll hook you up I'll help you out it's better than going over there and doing it with those other people you got to give it a shot and bring it to your guy because like I said I do believe if you could get past your uncomfortable feelings about it and past that stuff you could pretend that he's fucking into it and it could be enough like it's Mm -hmm. a fantasy it's just it's just fun and those are just blocks within yourself and like how could you not have certain blocks this is a highly charged thing this is something that comes from a really deep place have you ever talked to anyone about it like in therapy or anything it's kind of one thing that I I have a problem whenever I go to therapy. It's like I lie and omit things. I think that's natural. A lot of people do that. But it's just one thing that I've never really been able to bring to a therapist. Um, I think I need to find ones that seem more kink aware or at least open um, to Mm -hmm. it. Because it definitely does cause me like issues in my not only in my relationships, but just in my life, as you're saying, it can be kind of an addiction. And yeah. for me, it's definitely become that to where I'll often use it as a distraction and it's a huge time sink and money sink and all this stuff that I just completely omit from my mental health treatment for some reason. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you have to go there. You have to bring that in. And nowadays, the other great thing about the internet is nowadays you see all kinds of doctors remotely. So there's so much more people available and people to choose from. And there are many therapists that are, are, are specific to kinks and fetishes. That's like their actual thing. I actually just had 
someone email me to be on the show that is like a kink and fetish psychologist. And I was like, oh, I have to email them back oh, and get wow. them on and then I'll send you their link. OK, but, okay. you know, <laughs> there are people out there like that. And that is the exact person you need to talk to. And they could really help you because these are things are hard to navigate alone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely they are. <laughs> do you do you like hook up with girls still in your relationship or are you bisexual in that you just when you're with a man, you're with a man? Do you ever have any kind of that stuff on the side? Or are you ever dealing with women still? Yeah, we kind of have a I wouldn't call it don't ask, don't tell completely because he is aware and stuff like that. But I do hook up with other girls and I've had kind of casual relationships with them during when we've been dating and some of them I've brought the kink up to them and one of them even claimed she was into it but then we never got around to trying it so it I haven't fully explored it with another woman at this point wow so your guy allows you to go out and do whatever you want with women too yeah not with other men really but with women but let me ask this. Do you have a desire to do anything with other men? I mean, you do this kind of stuff online with the other guys, but do you have any desire to be with other men? Yeah, I do. And that's like another big, that's like a whole other kink story. I have a lot going on in terms of sex and kinks. This is just my biggest one, but ideally I would do it with other people and more of a way that where I don't have to hide it and where I could be open about it. But since it's not okay with him, I just keep that very compartmentalized and secret and make sure that it's not affecting the relationship as much as I can. Do you go out and actually, I know you do the online stuff, right? But do you go out and actually hook up with guys in person as well? No, I, I don't. I have one person, one guy that I talked to online and we're basically exclusive for just this cake. Yeah. I don't really do it with other people mm -hmm. because our rapport has been so strong. Even I haven't seen his face or anything like that, but our rapport has been so strong that I keep it there. But I have done it physically with other guys who are into it in the past. And I've actually not really liked it. Like I prefer to do it alone almost on some level because especially with guys that I don't know that well, it it's, involves spending a lot of time together and a lot of waiting and waiting for the body to sort of do its thing and so it's been it can be sort of awkward or uncomfortable or many of the guys who I've met up with are not really people that I would want to be close with in other contexts yeah, and so I'm I like, got it. Mm -hmm. you know if we just don't get along or the vibes aren't great it's just kind of like an awkward waiting experience <laughs> No, I totally got it. Yeah, because this is someone that you have to then hang out with if they're not interesting or you don't like their company. I mean, you have to you don't want to spend that time before as you're waiting. Right. It's just that they need to be there when you're about to go. That's when you kind of need them or use them right at that point. Yeah, that's the main time. But even before that, some guys are interested and part of the fun of it can be them choosing how much you should drink or what oh. kind of alcohol or caffeine or if you can go before or trying to make you go places or walk places and avoid bathrooms, things like that. And so that can be an hours long process if that's the part that they're into as well. So 
it can be a lot. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, how is your guy not your dom? I mean, maybe he doesn't have to be there for the end all be all end part, but can he dom you in all and you know, for that hour beforehand? Yeah, I mean, the the I guess the main problem is and this would just require, you know, more work and communication that I'm we establish I'm kind of afraid to do, but yeah. most of the time, if someone else is into it, they kind of have the impulses of what, what they would like to see happen or what, what aspects of it turn them on. Whereas he's kind of like, I don't really understand it. And so it'll kind of like throw suggestions out there, try to try to dom, but it's not coming from any desire. And so it's just kind of, it's bad. I don't know. Just, right. it's, yeah, exactly. And it's awkward. And so that's what's hard about that. But. <laughs> ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Yeah, listen, if you're going to role play or you want that scenario, the guy's got someone's got to be fucking good at it. I mean, there's nothing worse to take you out of it than a bad role play experience, right? I mean, if he's not naturally that way, he's got to figure out how to be good enough that it will actually work for you, right? That's a part of it, of course. Yeah, exactly. How do other people deal with their partners with this issue? Not I issue, think, but this um, kink. Yeah, I think the most common way is, or the most common situation is most of the people who are into it are male. And so most of them, similar to kind of what you're saying about cross-dressing or pantyhose or things like that, just keep it a secret from their, whoever they're dating. And so I know tons of guys who are into it and have never told anyone not not a soul besides the internet anonymously but who've just kept it in and so I don't think there's much support for partners especially male partners Mm -hmm. who are being asked to be in that dom role or something like that I think if anything there would be support maybe for the female partners of straight males but besides that I I don't think there's anything there (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I don't know how deep you get in these Reddit forums that you're in and stuff. I mean, if you do are, like, talking to these people and stuff, like, you guys should try to get together and create information for partners that they could read, that they could learn, ways that they could get educated on this so they could be better at supporting you, don't you think? Right. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Just, <laughs> I think most people on the forums are too busy getting off to it. <laughs> exactly. Planning, planning, oh, how can we, you know, figure this all out? But yeah, yeah you're just horny. You have like, enough people with the yeah. organizational skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's there when they're horny, <laughs> when they have to yeah. pee, when they're fully. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So what are the other kinks that you don't tell your guy about? And why don't you tell him? Or that, or oh. I don't know, maybe you have told him and he like shut it down. I don't know. Yeah, I would say just the main ones are kind of the more extreme sides of BDSM, whether it's creating like more bondage and scenarios or like more extreme impact play and things like that. 
that he's not interested in doing. The biggest one would be like group situations and sex parties. Like I used to do those kind of not before I was with him, but when we've had breaks or not been together or whatever, that's like the biggest one to where he's no, you, I don't want you to be with other guys sexually. That would just be understandably a limit. So that's one of the things that he knows about that I'm into, but kind of just shuts it down. And is if you want to act on that in a serious way, we should probably not be together. So Right. Did he ever, did you ever ask him to go to a sex party just to observe? Um, yes, but he will not do that. He's very like, he's, he's pretty accepting of my personal kinks. I think because the way I explain them can sometimes get people on my side or something, or at least more open to it. But for that one, he's kind of just like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with, with all that. I don't want to deal with the communities around any of it I'm just vanilla and I'll do things with you but I don't want to get involved outside of the bedroom or our bedroom I guess but right so do you think you can go for seven more years without group sex sex parties that kind of stuff I mean how powerful is that part of who you are yeah that's kind of a, a big question that I've been wrestling with Mm -hmm. for like the past three years at least and I haven't figured out the answer I mean I'm still in my mid-20s so I feel like it's kind of hard to be looking looking toward the rest rest of of my life and seeing what what am I doing right now and I, I like what I'm doing now but could this continue, as you said, for another seven years or more? And No, but that um, is what, but you are doing exactly that in your 20s, questioning yourself, right? That is a part mm-hmm. of figuring things out for your future. And that is what your 20s are about. When not having those answers is okay, but wondering about them is the part of it. Like I said, that's what 20s are about, trying to figure that all out. And it's not easy to do. I think 20s are difficult. They're like the best times of your fucking life. Okay, I got to tell you. But it's hard in that you really are trying on many different hats. I was like 10 different people in my 20s, you know, and that's why I always (laughs) am worried about people that get married in their 20s. I'm like, I mean, who the fuck are you going to be at 35? You don't know. How are you going to be with that same person? It's and not to say that it never works out for people. A lot of times it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And it's because you do grow and change a lot during that time. Listen, you've had, if your relationship ended two years from now because you decide that these kinks and these things that you were in, you accept them for yourself, they're never going anywhere, and you just want to be with somebody that is like-minded and into it that you could do all this stuff, well then, your relationship was not uh, uh, for nothing. It's already been a mm-hmm. successful relationship. You've been committed to someone for seven years. Not everything is meant to last forever. You know what I mean? There's not just one person for everyone. You know, I want to show you both sides of things. Either stay with him and make it work. That's a possibility, right? That's completely possible. That takes a little work. You have it in you. You're an analyzer. You're, 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 you look into yourself. You, you're, you're very self-aware. So if anyone could 
do the work. It's you. You've already done a lot of work on yourself. But, you know, the other thing is maybe eventually it just doesn't work out for you because you realize you do want those other things. And if that happens, then you're going to find that right person. I believe a lot of times what is in front of you is very equivalent to how you feel. So if you're a little confused, maybe your person's a little confused. If you're not totally set with what you want, maybe your person's that way. So, But I, I do find, though, that if someone becomes very very clear and very specific and very much like I don't ever want that again and I will only take this well then that shows up do you know what I mean and like I said not to say that there isn't the story and the possibility that this guy becomes what you want and eventually he opens up more but if not I believe if you become clearer that sex parties and group sex and BDSM and Holding in your pee and having a more dominant guy that's fucking into it is exactly what you want. And that's what you want to spend the rest of your life with. Well, then you will find it. There's somebody for everybody. So, yeah, it's and you'll figure that out. There's no rush. Like I said, you're already successful, right? You've already been open and honest with your fetish, with every partner that you've been with, which I think you should be very proud of yourself. That's not an easy thing to do. Something very difficult was put on you. I feel like you've really made the best of it. It's not an easy <laughs> thing to carry. I think, like I said, you're very bold and it's amazing that you've been honest with people. I also give you credit that you've been able to have a seven-year relationship. That's that's a success. That's That's great. What happens afterwards does not take away from any of those things. Yeah, you'll thank like, you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, you'll figure it all out. I think it's so super interesting. I am so glad you called into the show. Maybe, you know, spend the last five minutes telling people where they could go that there's like really good resources and stuff. I don't know. What would you say to other people who are finding this podcast that maybe are like, oh my God, this is exactly what I have too, right? And maybe they don't know those online sites again. Like, why don't you just give some information? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the biggest communities again are on Reddit. There's somewhat of a community, but there's a whole website for it called Mm -hmm. where people post a lot. And so I would say those are the like two the best two places biggest, mm-hmm. yeah and from there you can kind of find smaller groups and things like that I'm not sure about stuff like fet life or anything like that mostly it's just word of mouth in those small communities that that I've found to be the most helpful but yeah I would say definitely to not feel alone if you have this or something adjacent to it or like it and to not be scared or are like upset about the backlash that the community sometimes gets because at the end of the day it's kind of like what are you gonna do you can't as as I've said you can't undo it and you can't (laughs) you can't get rid of it even if you try sometimes at least generally I think that's true but just trying to find like healthy ways to incorporate it and no, I think okay. you're, I know, but I also think a good advice for you to tell people is to be open about it because you always have. You really explain to them where it comes from. And I think they're much more forgiving, right? Like I said, when they hear your whole story, when people hear your whole story, and when you tie it into where it comes from, it really helps that conversation, right? With your partner when you first tell them. Yeah, exactly. If you can identify where where the origins are, yes. or what aspects of you like it, because maybe there's a compromise too, like, there was one girl who I know found it kind of 
weird when I explained it to her and she thought the idea of her doing it would be shameful or like she would just feel too humiliated to do it but she was willing to like shower and get her jeans like wet with water for me which you know that's not exactly the same thing but you know it was a compromise that maybe if you're in a relationship with someone maybe they're willing to do those small compromises or you're willing to do something that they want if they kind of go along with this for you as well so and let me ask you this though I mean were you surprised in that most people even if they weren't into it didn't totally shut you down or did you have anybody that acted like really freaked out by it what was your experience give people hope I think you're gonna say most people even if they weren't into it were better than maybe what you would have expected I don't know Yeah, I would say most people, especially guys, were have been like way more open than I thought. But even women, if they weren't into it, I've I haven't been like to my face really called disgusting or horrible for it because ultimately, at least with this specific kink, like it's not super harmful. It's not dangerous or illegal or something. Or it it can be Mm -hmm. dangerous if you hold too long and you can get a UTI but besides that kind <laughs> of right, thing, right, it's, it's right. not like it's not it's not like you're peeping Tom and you're gonna get like busted or something that's a real hard thing to have because you could get like it's illegal I mean it's not right. illegal it's not you know uh you're not doing anything wrong um yeah I think that that's very uh I think most people listening if they've never told a partner would be happy to hear that that you've told mostly all of them and it's not like you're telling me oh my god I told so many people and I got rejected so many times I mean that's not anywhere a part of your story you know what I mean so I think that that gives people hope and it shows people that you can be open and it's really the best way to do it is be open from the start the people that I talk to that are married for 30 years and still haven't told that's way harder than telling somebody right from the get-go it's much better to do that in the beginning yeah exactly and even if they even if you or your partner have like adjacent kinks like a lot of people who are into BDSM in general have been more accepting of it when I frame it as well it's just another way you're not just controlling the sub's body through ropes and chains or whatever but also through their bodily functions and kind of working it in that way and making those parallels between what they're interested in even as I said squirting if someone's into squirting it's like if you drink enough water pee kind of doesn't smell (laughs) too bad or anything like that so it's not It's not like a huge jump, but just little things like that. If you can draw those parallels or make it seem less because it, I don't know. I don't think it's that serious as we said to where it's morally wrong or anything like that. Yeah. 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 But that's kind of a relief for this kink specifically. Yeah. If you could pair it up with something that is a little bit more a mainstream fetish, right? So that it's not so, oh my God, I've never heard of this. I think it does sound very much in the BDSM realm because I even said the word doming 10 times, right? You want to be dominated. Mm -hmm. You want to be controlled. That's a huge part of BDSM. And the fact that it takes a really long time and all that foreplay, that's always involved in that world. So there, there is that connection. I don't even think that that's a stretch. That's, that's really a great way to position it. So I think you've been very helpful for people that aren't as, in as good of a place as you are. I think considering 
what you have and what was put on you, you are in a great place because of all the reasons I just said. So you should consider yourself lucky. And I know that when you're 50, you're going to be fucking fine because you're trying to figure this all out in your 20s. And that's when you're supposed to do it. And that's why you will be fine. So you're going to figure it all out, whether you stay with this guy or somebody, you'll have things worked out eventually. And, uh, you could help. And you know this, and I'm glad that you called in because I think this episode will help a lot of people. And when I have that woman on, I'm going to email her right now. I'm going to go look for that sex therapist that specializes in kinks and fetishes. I, I'm going to send you that link and then make sure you listen to that episode too, but I'll send you that. And you go looking for somebody that specializes because there's tons of them out there and that would be a really uh, great thing for you just to talk to somebody and help. I, it's Everyone could use that at some point in their life and that could help more than any friend or any book or anything. It's If you find the right therapist, it could be life-changing. So you could use a little help while you're trying to figure things out. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, you're the best. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for calling in. If you want to send in anonymous pics for my Patreon, feel free. I mean, not of you peeing or anything, but, you know, people like to say, <laughs> if you have any, like, sexy pics you want to send R-rated, that's cool. I mean, they don't have to go with this episode, but if you want to... That's cool. I put that on my Patreon. Um, and then for anyone who calls in, if they want free access to my Discord, a lot of the guests go on there and introduce themselves and talk to people. I'll give you free access to that as well. If you want to go in, you could either post stuff, you could talk to people, or you could just look around. You get that for free since you called in and gave me a great episode. But I love oh, this awesome. episode. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this episode. Like I said, you are a unicorn. You will be up very soon, okay? Yeah, thanks so much for talking with me. I'll definitely send some pictures and see about access to the Discord. Yeah, I'll send you that link the minute your episode goes up for sure. Okay? Cool. All right, awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.